I guess it's Luke 21 or 24. You pick out the chapter. We'll go to Luke 21. And aren't those easy things we looked at today that Jesus gave us to make it easy to understand where we are? Dr. Ellis, look at this. You don't need to do that. Thank you. Well, I just want to see what it was. That was... This is what I, this is terrible. I can't believe I'm, this, this is, we've been, I've been here since, for 40 years. So this is what I do when I go to a church that I don't know the pastor real well. I show him this card of my daughter, Lauren. She went to Ecuador. They had 9,000 people saved. So I said, this is my daughter, Lauren, and there's my wife, Colleen. And every pastor goes, hmm. Because <laughs> there's like a mountain lady here that doesn't look like Colleen. Not trying to be ornery, but those pastors go, man, you're crazy. Don't do that. So thanks, Dave. Appreciate you giving that to me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for everyone that came tonight. Thank you for, for what you have for this church, Lord, Abundant Life, Family Church. What, you, what you've sown, Lord, over the years, words you've spoken over this church. We thank you for a season of fulfillment, a fulfillment of everything that was told us of the Lord. In this place, this location, Lord, absolute coming to pass, everything that you have spoken over this place, Lord. We thank you for it, for souls to be swept into the kingdom, bodies to be healed. We see this, this time of, of radical equipping of the saints just before we depart. That, Lord, we'd run faster than every generation. We would pick up the pace. We would accelerate and do the will of God. Looking unto you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus, Jesus, we look to you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Help us. Help us accelerate. Help us cooperate with you that your will would be wrought in such a short period of time. We thank you for it. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We're amazed that you let yourself be beaten for us, Jesus. So we honor you. We magnify you and glorify you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. So this morning we talked about the second coming a little bit. You know, the second coming has tons of signs. Rapture signless. So you can go for days talking about the signs of the second coming. I think there's about 79 or 80 in the book out there. So... You can go through them all, and they're radical. They're blatant. They're precise. They're like right in our face. I mean, they've already happened. You know, so I hear people go, I don't believe that. Well, these things have already come to pass. Uh, you saying you don't believe it just means that you're not informed. But once you see it, but really, I like that you'll be saying things like we talked about today, and people are Googling the signs while you're preaching. And they'll come up to me afterwards, I Googled that while you're preaching. You know, the, 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 the building for the uh, tower, not the Tower of Babel, but the new uh, headquarters for the EU, built just like the Tower of Babel. We, I showed you a picture of it today. It looks just like the Tower of Babel. I mean, it's, you can go into that building, and all the markings are all from Nebuchadnezzar. The art out in front of the building is a molecule of iron magnified, because Daniel saw iron and clay. And the verbiage is, we'll be our own gods. We don't need God. So it's kind of amazing. I mean, then we talked about this morning, the Pope said yesterday, two days ago, there is no hell. We talked about him being the last Pope, the 114th. I mean, this, this is it. We're, we're there. I mean, if you, if you get into everything, Jesus is just about to come. I don't want to freak you out, but I want to get you excited because we should be so excited that people tell us to break that pill in half. We should be so happy. We should be so giddy. We, we, we should be, it should be hard to get agitated because we're about to see the king. The protocol from going from faith to sight, all of a sudden we're going to stand there and the, the radiation coming through his face. It says there's no need for the sun. It doesn't say there's no sun. It said there's no need for it because the radiance in his face outshines that. You know, you know that preacher, uh, Richard Sigmund, that evangelist that got killed in the car wreck. He was up in heaven for a few days. He came back to life. He was in the morgue when he came back to life. 
And he told the Lord, you stand there in the morgue. And he said, uh, he said what am I going to feel first? And Jesus said, nobody's ever asked me that. <laughs> and he said he felt, he felt his spirit come into his body, through his feet, down up his legs. And as he felt himself come back into his body, he felt instant pain. Because what killed him was still there, you know, and then he had to get healed of that. But he was in heaven for a few days, and he goes, oh, wow, a sunrise in heaven. How cool is this? I hadn't even thought about a sunrise. Well, it was Jesus walking up over the hill. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if the only thing you can equate him to is the sun. That's pretty radical to have a dad and an elder brother that radiate like that. So praise God. We talked about those different things. We're, we're going to get to be with him. We're going from faith to sight. And, you know, I look at it this way. This is the reason I get into it. It's so that we'll be excited. How many of you were excited the night before you got married? I mean, I mean about half the congregation. I don't know. <laughs> if you weren't excited the night before you were married, got married, something's wrong, okay? I just want to tell you, buckle up, baby. If it wasn't good then, it's, woo, Lord, help you a lot. <laughs> Amen. Well, could you imagine Colleen and I were getting married? You know, David was there. He was, he was there. He sang at my wedding. He, he played piano in the backyard of the house where the ladies were all getting ready. I had my best man take Colleen a little gift, you know, and then he was playing her favorite song there in the backyard. Yep. Now, wouldn't it have been weird if the next day, or that day, we get to the building, you know, and, and Colleen's coming down the aisle, and I'm standing there, man, this is it. I'm about to get married. This is wild. Colleen's walking down the aisle. Oh, my God. She's all bowed over. Her, her dress is all muddy. She's been rolling around in the dirt. She's not ready to get married. And she says about me, oh, my God, I'm marrying that guy. Another one bites the dust. I can't believe it. Now, if I heard that while she's walking out, I'd be, man, this ain't cool. And that's kind of how the church has been about the coming of the Lord. We're getting ready to be with him like that. And the church is like, the church is like, I don't want the Lord to come back because I got so much in my heart. Well, guess what? The rapture's not an ending. It's a beginning. You're not done when you're raptured. If you play the guitar, you'll play the guitar better. Can you imagine Ellis playing in a glorified body? Come on. Let's do that. Amen. Praise God. Let's do the glorified body thing. So we have wonderful things ahead. So let's go through these verses and we'll, we'll do a couple minutes of review and then we'll get into what we're going to get into tonight. And I won't go too long. Luke 21, verse 24. You got your Bibles there? They'll fall by the edge of the sword and they'll be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem will be trodden down or overthrown of the Gentiles or nations until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So we saw that change in 1967. Israel got Jerusalem back. And the trouble is happening in the West Bank the last three or four weeks. Just all kinds of stuff's happening. It's all over what? The borders from the Six-Day War. So the borders from when Jerusalem was won back are all the contention right now. Okay? So that's a big deal. We talked about that a lot this morning. Remember, Jerusalem's the main focus. If you live west of Jerusalem, you, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. Everything goes back to that piece of real estate. I mean, the Bible says Jerusalem would be a cup of trembling for all nations. The war of all wars is going to be over a piece of real estate. If you ever sold real estate, what, what's it all about? Location, location, location. So that Temple Mount, the Lord's address... Uh, Lucifer wants that spot. He's always wanted that spot where the king's going to sit. He wants it so bad that he's going to bring every army he can to try to wipe Israel off the map. And he's not going to wipe them off the map. We said it this morning. Jesus is going to come back on a white horse. We're going to be right there behind him. Uh, I guess we go to horse flying school while we're in heaven there for the seven years. I don't know. How cool is that to fly from heaven down to the earth? I mean, what's the, the protocol to have rudders or, or spoilers or flaps? I don't know how that works, but... I'm just believing God. My horse knows exactly what he's doing. 
because I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, could you imagine having a horse that he's new? I don't want the new horse. I want the one that knows how to fly, okay? And I'm buzzing all over. Yeah, come on. Bail out. Would it be weird to be the only guy with a parachute on? Wouldn't that be weird? Look, he's got a parachute. Well, yeah, hello. All right, so that's what it's going to be like. And then we skip down to verse 29. He says, look at the fig tree, that's the nation of Israel, and all the trees, that's the prophetic nations around Israel. When they now shoot forth or bud, you see and know of your own selves. Brother Hagin talked about a spirit of seeing and a spirit of knowing on the church. That's an attitude of seeing and knowing. Where'd that come from? That verse right there. It's all about Israel being regathered. It should be a, a preach to us. Okay? The one thing God said in the Bible, we said that He said we'd say is hard. He's already done it. Brought them all back. If you saw those people, Russian Jews get off a plane, get down on the concrete and kiss the ground, some of them would say, I don't even know why I'm here, but something drew me back because God said in the latter days I'll bring them back. Hitler killed six million right before they were regathered. Lucifer thought if I can just annihilate them, the word of God won't come to pass. But he can't stop the word from coming to pass. Amen. So you go down a little further. Likewise, when you see these things come to pass, no. Circle the word no. So he's telling us this so we don't wonder. We don't sense. We don't perceive. Watch that. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, run into the woods and freak out. No. He said, likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know, know that the kingdom of God is nigh. And I said it this morning. It's cool to know it's close, but watch the Lord uh, take the gloves off here in the next verse. Verily I say unto you, this generation, the one that sees those two things happen, will not pass away till all is fulfilled. Wow. So we, we get to go by the Word. Now hang with me. When it comes to healing, we look at the Word. When it comes to prosperity, we look at the Word. When it comes to righteousness, we look at the Word. When it comes to end times, don't show me Scripture. Everybody I talk to, they'll come up with every kind of doctrine in the world uh, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> you kind of want to use the Word when it comes to end time preaching. Amen? It just works. I remember one pastor, Scarlett Bishop. She's down in Florida. She said, Joe, I know her real well. Went to Raymond together. She went the same year we, we all went. She said, Joe, I was dreading having you come, but I knew I was supposed to have you come on end times. And she said, after the first service, she goes, oh my God, I'm happy, I'm joyful. I, I had no idea. There was all, it's all good news. There is no bad news for the church. Amen. If you hear end time preaching and it scares you, it's not Bible. I know a famous man that has a massive church. He said to me, I can't preach on end times anymore because it scares my people. I said, then you're preaching it incorrect. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine that? You can't tell someone you're getting married. Oh, by the way, I'm getting married next week. Well, don't tell a lot of people. That's horrible. No, that's weird. The coming of the Lord is the most exciting thing there is. So he tells you these things so you'll know this. And we'll, get in, we'll kick some sacred cows over tonight. We'll just get Bible. Let's use Scripture because the Scripture, will, uh, uh, when it is written, you can't, it's, it's just there it is right there. Because I watch guys on TV. Now, hang with me. Don't get mad at me. This is a really big truth to get to understand the rapture, understand the second coming. You can't get your rapture verses from the Gospels here. Jesus is only talking about the second coming. Okay, the ten virgins. If you don't have oil in your lamp, you're not going up. He's not talking to church there. He's talking to Jewish boys that need oil in their lamp. I don't need oil in my lamp because I've got the maker of the oil. That's right. All right? Because I hear people go, well, if you don't have your wick just right, you don't have oil in your lamp, you're not going up. He's talking to Jewish boys that need oil in their lamp. Watch what he says here. And this, this should just make a shout because we live under a different covenant. Yes. In this covenant as he is, so are we in this world. Look at verse 34 
Or verse 36. He'll, he'll even show you how clear this is. Verse 36. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. That sounds like a verse that will hope you get raptured. He's talking to Jewish boys there. I don't have to pray to be accounted worthy. I am worthy. My friends call me the hangnail on the body of Christ, but at least I'm the hangnail. Okay, at least I'm in. Come on. Now see, that messes with people right there because they need to pray to be counted worthy. Why? Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead. Once he's raised from the dead, the rules change. You're, you're righteous. It has nothing to do with what you did. It has everything to do with what he did. So this is a lot of time to go through the signs. So you've got the language restored. You've got foxes on the Temple Mount. You've got fish in the Dead Sea. You've got the Dead Sea turning blood red where Sodom and Gomorrah was on the Day of Atonement last fall. That's crazy. You have the ritual baths around the Temple Mount fill up with water. You've got the 172 different species of predatory birds. You've got the archway for Baal worship in Palmyra redone last year. That's the Talmud says that's the last sign you'll see before the Messiah comes. You got Jacob's sheep that showed up this last year. I mean, it's just one thing after another. One, you got the Temple Mount Institute that's ready to have sacrifices. All these people are in position. God's got all these groups in position. Russia and Crimea, Russia and the Ukraine. So if God can get all these groups in position, what's the church doing? We should be in position even better. Yes. We should be in, in, on point running our race, radically fulfilling the call of God for all of our lives. Amen. He has something for every single one of you. Let me say that again. He has something for every single one of you. He's not calling you to Madagascar. I mean, every time we think, I want to do what you want me to do, Lord. Oh, we got to go to Madagascar. No, you're not going to Madagascar. God's called you here. You're here. Yeah. You get to fulfill the will of God right here in Dodge. Come on. You talk about a mission field. This is a mission field. Yeah. I went to Walmart last night to buy some goods because my luggage didn't make it. And it's a mission field. I could have got a microphone and said, every single one of you in here tonight that aren't born again, come on down right now. And the whole place would have emptied right there. <laughs> You don't have to go to Africa to find unsaved people. They're right there in Walmart. Come on. So all these signs of His coming, yet signals. You have the blood red moons and all that. So how privileged are we that the Word's coming to pass while we're here? I mean, I, I give you the story. When Lauren was in high school, she was a cross-country runner. And I would train with her. Lauren would train every afternoon. She'd run five, six miles, not even be tired. I would train with her on my motorcycle. I was right there beside her. I had a heritage soft tail, that, that heritage uh, uh, Harley-Davidson. I'd ride with her, and she's running. Okay, she got to where she, her stamina was so built up, she'd get to the cross-country races. I'd go there Saturday mornings before I would go preach. I'd get to the race. I'd run through the edge, get to the first mile marker. Lauren would come running up. She'd go, how far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? I'd go, Lauren, you got three more miles. Pace yourself. I'd cut across the field. I'd get to the other mile marker. She'd come running up. How far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? I'd go, Lauren, you got two more miles. Pace yourself. I'd cut across the field. I'd get to the last mile marker. She'd see the finish line. She would not say, how far, Daddy? When she saw the finish line, her countenance would change. All that training was for right there. You didn't go, oh, wait, wait. What is, what is thou that I seest in front of me? I mean, could you imagine a runner stopping and going, what is, no, they know exactly what the finish line is. I mean, Lauren, I would scream, run, Lauren, run. I mean, I, I'm screaming at the top of my voice because that's it. This is what all the training's for. Every message you've heard blesses you, but you've heard it for right now. Daniel's already seen you. He said, you'd know your God, you'd be strong, and you would do exploits. I like Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland, Brother Savell doing exploits, but God's already said you would do exploits and that people would be running to and fro. That's us. So we're blessed. We're blessed. All this stuff shows us we're there. 
I say that over and over again so that you can go, you can't go, well, it's probably another generation. <laughs> it's not, it's us. Because automatically somebody will walk up to me and they'll go, well, how long's a generation? I said, well, and normally in the Old Covenant it was 40 years. In our time, it's the lifespan of a man. But I said, if you want to be super technical, the Bible says in Matthew, these are the, these are the generations from Adam to Jesus, and it's 55 years. However you do the math. And I'm going to give you something at the end, the end of the night today out of Daniel. It'll give you some math that you can see we're there right now. It'll show you that Jesus is just about to come. Yeah. That Gabriel told Daniel years ago, and he'll go, wow, that's preaching to me right now. So we're blessed. So let's pick up. There's a lot to get into. Let's pick up with what's next for us. Grab your Bibles there, and you just turn wherever you think you ought to turn. We'll see if you're flowing. Come on. Go to 1 Thessalonians, and we'll look at what's next. Because we could stay a long time in the signs, but I want to go into what's next and kind of what's next for you once we're raptured. And there, there's all good things. There's no bad news. And I forgot to say that this morning. I should say it over and over and over and over again. No bad news. No bad news. No bad news. Only good news. He calls you His beloved. So look at the First Thessalonians chapter 4. And if you look at Thessalonians, it's the first letter written by Paul to the church. What was the theme? Coming of the Lord. Well, why? Why did he do that? You go into 2 Thessalonians, and he got even more detailed. He was with them for two weeks. What did he teach on? He said, don't you remember while I was with you, I taught you this? What did he teach on? The rapture, the antichrist, and the second coming. Why? They thought they were in the tribulation because Nero had taken Christians, dunked them in oil, and set them up on poles to be nightlights for the city. What a bizarre nightlight. So they thought, well, we have to be in the tribulation right now because that's horrible. So Paul said, no, don't worry, you, you, the tribulation can't come or the Antichrist can't even be revealed until there's a departure. And he's talking about a departure of the church. You can't have the Christ and the Antichrist here at the same time. The Bible calls you Christ. What yeah, yeah. concord hath Christ with Belial? Yeah. Okay? And uh, that's how powerful you are. And you have so much authority, he has to take you off the earth so he can do what he needs to do under old covenant times. He gave you all authority. Woo, hallelujah. I might do Elvis on that one. I haven't done Elvis yet. Here we go. First Thessalonians chapter 4. You know the verses right here. This is what's next for us. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. So he's writing this so that we're happy and hopeful. If you notice, all the thought patterns for the coming of the Lord are to bring you joy. Not to go, oh my God, here it comes. He's going to kill everybody. No. No, no, no. So in verse 14, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then also that sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. In, in the, uh, the Greek word there is the word taken. It's harpazo. And I've heard people say, you say, where does that word come from? Elisha, the sons of the prophets, told Elisha, don't you know your master will be taken from you today? They said, well, rapture is not in the New Testament. Actually, in the Latin, it's the word rapture. Right there is the word rapture. Okay? You'll be raptured. We'll meet him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be the Lord. Watch this. Wherefore, because of this, comfort. Comfort one another with these words. So the teaching on the coming of the Lord for us being the rapture of the church, that's about seven years before the second coming, it's to bring you comfort. Because in the midst of what's going on today in the world, it's nice to have some comfort. When you see what's going on with the world, I mean, the world is messed up. 
So thank God we're about to exit. And you say, well, you just don't want to go through the tribulation. Not necessarily. I don't, I'm not concerned about the tribulation because greater is he that's in me as he's in this world. But how many of you thought the week before you got married, you're going to beat your wife to be up really good so she'd be ready to get marry you? That's stupid. In other words, we, I got I to gotta send all the generations and resurrect them before the coming of the Lord to make them all go through the trib to purify them. No, the blood of Jesus purifies you. All those doctrines downplay how powerful the blood is. He's so powerful, He made you perfect. He's presented you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in His sight. Come on. He, 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 took, he, he disarmed Lucifer. He blotted out the handwritings and the ordinances that were contrary to you, and He nailed them to the cross. Lucifer could walk up into heaven and go, well, they're not good enough. And Jesus would go, no, no, they're perfect. He's looking at you through corrective lenses that are stained in the blood of Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. He sees you perfect. He doesn't see you laboring. He sees you conquering. The word victim doesn't even come to mind. You're a victor, amen? So we, we see this happening, this rapture, we're caught up. How wild. The Bible says he's able to subdue even all things unto himself. He's going to say, come up hither, come up to the throne of God. In the shortest amount of time, 1 Corinthians 15 says, that can't be divided. You're going to get a brand new body and instantly be in heaven. Boom. You talk about a meet and greet, we're going to see all of our loved ones that have already been in there. Well, we'll say hi to them. And then I'm sure we'll go to a, a, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb a little later. First thing we go to is the reward seat of Christ. But you talk about fun. There's nothing but great things ahead for us. Just like Enoch walked with God. Now watch this. He walked with God and he was caught up. He was raptured. He handed off to Noah and Noah rode through the flood. The church is going to be caught up. We hand off to the Jews and they ride through the tribulation. Same thing. So the church departs. Okay? In every war, you always take the ambassadors out first. God's going to come back and get the ambassadors, take them to heaven, and we're going to go to all these things for seven years. And when we get to the end of the service tonight, you'll see how, how segmented God is about that and how flawless He is about it. I'll prove to you that He can't be here during the tribulation. I, gosh, I hear so many people, well, I'm mid-trib, I'm post-trib, and I'm all that. There's famous people that are all post-trib. Once you find out how broken up it is, God treats the Jews one way, the nations one way, and the church one way. Man, he saves the best for the church. Yeah, he does. Amen. Remember when Matthew 15, he, talking about the Syrophoenician woman, he said it's not right to give the children's bread to dogs. Notice he was concerned about the children getting the bread before any other group was. That's how he thinks about you. Thinks the exact same way. So we're going to be caught up. How cool is that? I mean, you, I don't, we used to have rapture practice when I was a kid. I mean, we'd all jump around. And those movies that came out in the early 70s were so bad they scared you half to death. I know David thought that his parents were raptured. And he missed it several times. Remember, you were following them on the car. You, you thought, oh, the, my, my parents are already disappeared, you know. My mom was so crazy. She put the fear of God in me, but she'd say it every day. The rapture is going to happen tonight. I go, really? You know that, you know that look your mom will give you. So... Uh, it scared me, man. Come on. So this event is really going to happen, which is amazing. We're going to be caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. The stain of Adam will be taken off of us. And just as we've borne the image of the earthy, we're going to bear the image of the heavenly. Hallelujah. So what's the whole purpose of the rapture? The whole purpose is, number one, you need to be in a different location. So it's just a, I even told the Lord, I, I hope you get your your flux capacitor charged up or whatever you have to do to make this happen. I hope he's been plugged in all this time. And uh, get it ready. 
But really, it's because you need a brand new body. That's the whole purpose of the rapture. Because you know in the Old Testament, in Exodus 19, he said, put a fence around the mountain, lest they even get near to gaze at me and die. Not because God's mad at anybody, he's just holy and they weren't holy. So looking at him could kill people. He's so radiant. Like a bug zapper. Can you imagine that? Well, and you, you got cherubim and seraphim. You got seraphim that have two wings that cover their face, two wings that cover their feet, two wings they fly with. They fly around the throne, yet they, they're created to be there, but they can't handle it. They got to cover their face. So even though it's their job to be at the throne, he, our dad's so radiant, they can't handle it. So, so, so he's going to give us a body that we can walk right in and talk to dad and walk out and we're okay. It would be weird to everybody go, what happened to you? You're blind for two weeks because you went and talked to dad. That would be strange. So how do, how do we know what it's going to be like? You, you've heard it many times. We can look at the Word of God and tell exactly what our glorified body is going to be like. Yeah. And let me just tell you, there is no bad news. No bad. It's all cool. Uh, what's the example we have? Remember when Jesus was raised from the dead? Yeah. He's on the road to Emmaus. Don't you love how cool the Lord was? Yeah. His, their eyes were beholding who He was. They, he, he, they couldn't tell who He was. Right. He's playing a joke on them. Don't you love that? Yeah. So he, first thing He said to them is, how come you guys are so sad? And they said, well, if you lived around here, they crucified our Lord. And the Bible says he would have kept right on walking, but they constrained him to stay for dinner. And while he sat down with dinner, he took them through the Old Testament and showed them Christ and the Old Covenant through the Word. He's physically in their presence, and it's better to get it through faith. Now hang with me. In the ages to come, you're going to have people talk to you during the millennium. They're going to go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You accepted Jesus when you couldn't see him? Like someone got up and screamed at you, preached at you. See, God's got, he's got a faith group here. You, you're so filled with faith, you asked him into your heart when you couldn't even see him. They're going to say that to you. Wait, 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 you got saved when you couldn't see him? Come on. Oh, my. So, so we got this body. This body took him through the scriptures, took him through the old covenant, and he broke bread, disappeared. And they said, wow, it's him, it's him. Did not our hearts burn within us the words that he spoke to us? They go back to their buddies and they go, we saw him. We broke bread with him. He taught us the, the uh, uh, Easter lesson in the Old Covenant. And, and Thomas goes, no, you didn't. I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't believe until I see the hole in his hand, see the hole in his side. Until I thrust my hand in his side, I won't believe. Jesus walks right through the wall. Thomas, be not faithless. Reach your hand into, into my side. Put your, your finger in the palm of my hand. Be not faithless, but believing. He said, my Lord and my God. Wow. Don't you love it? Jesus knows every word you say. So they thought he's a spirit. I mean, it's kind of weird to walk through the wall. But he goes, no, no, handle me. Handle me. A spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see I have. So, so he can be felt. He handled. And then the first thing he asked was, do you have any meat? He didn't ask for kale. He didn't ask for broccoli. He said, where's the beef? First thing he asked for is meat. No shrubbery. People are eating kale now. That's shrubbery. I'd plant that around my house. The Lord didn't go, could you give me some shrubbery for my... No. He said, where's the beef? So your glorified body, you'll be able to walk through a wall, still be handled, but you'll still have a normal appetite. Now I say normal appetite. You know how long the marriage supper of the Lamb is supposed to last? A year. You've been to a long meal after about five, six hours. I've been eating a lot. How'd you like to have a year-long meal? How do we do this? I'm sure that people will be coming and going. I don't know, but it'll be fun. We're going to have a great time. So, so, so that, that's your glorified body. If you like to play the guitar, you'll play the guitar better. You don't turn into a freak when you get a glorified body. You don't turn into floating around. And we all think we're going to be playing harps when we get there. Are we being harp class right now? 
Could you imagine all of us bringing a harp? What are you doing? I'm getting ready for heaven. No. Bless young people's heart. That's all they're taught is people, we're just going to worship for a thousand years. We will do some worship, but there's going to be roller coasters. There's going to be sports. There's going to be business. You've never seen a roller coaster until you see one in the millennial reign of Christ. Do you want to go faster? Absolutely. Come on. Those poor natural people will be holding on for dear life. We'll be like, woo, turn it up, man. Crank it up. And see, we, we, we get religious when we think about that. Is that really going to happen? Absolutely it's going to happen. So, so then let's, let's go into a little bit more. Let's get into a little bit more because I want to get to Daniel before we close. But let's go into a little bit more. The only little hidden reference in the Gospels to the rapture is a hit, completely hidden one in John 14. This one's so cool because it shows you that you can tell when the rapture is going to be, which is amazing. Jesus told his disciples, in my, in my father's house are many mansions. If we were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. Well, that was a Jewish wedding proposal. That's John 14, 1. That's how a man would ask a, a Jewish woman to marry him. She, he would say that. And the Jewish man would go back to his father's house. The father would oversee the building of a honeymoon suite. But the father would tell them when the room is done, and when the room is done, the young man would run with a shout to get his bride. I interviewed lady after lady after lady in Israel. I'd go, would you kind of know when he's going to come with a shout? She'd go, of course we'd know. I'd go, wait, wait, how would you know? He'd go, they'd say, within two days. I'd go, how would you know within two days? She said, word would come to us, the room's done. So that meant he's coming today or tomorrow because they didn't want to use 500 bucks on perfume and him not come. Right. It's about being a good steward. Plus, wow. It's so amazing. Jesus was telling them that no man knows the day or the hour. He was telling them by code, I'm coming for you on Feast of Trumpets. That was a two-day period when you didn't know which day it was. <laughs> it's the 29.5th day of the month. So the Sanhedrin would send two witnesses out for the new moon. It was either on the 29th or the 30th. So when Jesus said nobody knows the day or the hour, the Lord was going, I'm giving you a two-day period when I'm going to rapture you called Feast of Trumpets. Jesus went to the cross on Passover, buried on unleavened bread. Unleavened bread, you, took, you take three pieces of bread, the middle piece, you fold it, you pierce it, you break it. He said, I am the bread of life. Born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem means home of the bread. So Jesus goes to the cross on Passover, boom. Buried on unleavened bread, raised on first fruits. Fifty days later, Pentecost, the Holy Ghost poured out. What's the next feast to be fulfilled? Feast of Trumpets. I'm not dogmatic about that, but I'm telling you what, I know exactly when it starts in Israel in September and exactly when it starts in America, and I'm giving him a wave offering. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm right here, Lord. Get that flux capacitor pointed right here. So you say, so you, say you, think, you, you mean we know when the rapture's going to be? Paul said in the next chapter, he said, you are not in darkness that that day would overtake you as a thief. When the world says peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. They, the world, shall not escape. But you, my brethren, are the children of light, the children of the day. So don't get mad at me. Get mad at Paul that Paul told you you'd know when the rapture's going to be. I, I hear people go, well, I can't believe you said when the rapture's going to be. No, I didn't say that. Paul said that. Preaching in the German school, the Germans still hammer you. You said so-and-so. I didn't say so-and-so. Paul said it. Get mad at him. Don't get mad at me. I can read it for you if you want to see it. It's right there in chapter 5. Okay, what's the qualifications? Let's look at the qualifications real quick because we got to get rocking. How many are still glad you came tonight? Come on. Yeah. With, how many glad you're here? You're not in jail. Come on. You're, come on. Glad you're in church. All right. All right. Let's look at, look at the qualifications for going up. This is so bizarrely uh, taught, but let's look at verse 14. What makes you qualified to go up in the rapture? 
What makes you confident and be at peace and be at rest? He's going to give you the verses here that bring peace. Verse 14, If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also that sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. Okay, there's the requirement right there. You've got to be in Christ. He didn't say if you were the best Christian in the church. He didn't say if you came more than everybody else. He didn't say if you prayed more than everybody else. You, you're just in the body of Christ. It's not about works. He took performance out of it. Because you know us. We, I got buddies of mine, you know, they start having a few miracles and they start walking like Barney Fife. They start going, hey, Amen. Had some miracles last week. Had two. And they start they start messing with their belt like that. And I'm like, for the love of Mike and all that's holy. <laughs> you know, you think you had something to do with that? It's, it, you know what I mean? So we think that about the rapture. If I'm cool enough, I'll go up and hang with me. Don't get mad at me. The rapture is not about us. It's about Jesus getting his body back. Yes. Jesus is looking forward to having his legs and having his arms. Amen. So if you're saved, you're going up. You say, well, how do I know? I don't believe in once saved, always saved, but it's pretty hard to lose your salvation. But why would you even want to flirt with that? Why would you even flirt with the flesh when you want to live as holy as you can? I can't imagine trying to max it out. How weird is that? No, 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 no. You want to be clean and holy. He said, keep your garments from being dirty. Come on. You're a new creature. You're Him. Be holy just as He is holy. So we're going to be caught up. Don't be worried about the rapture. Don't be afraid of it. There's nothing to be afraid of. Do you, you, you need to go, here it comes, man. I'm about to be caught up. No. He walked with God. And he's known as a friend of God. Mm, hallelujah. How cool is that? All right, let's go look at some more. You got your Bibles there? We're going to go all night tonight. Pastor told me to go to 10. Pizza will come at 10. We're going to go all night. No. Let's do it. Go to Daniel. You ready for Daniel? Let me give you a couple of thoughts as we go to Daniel because I need to get you thinking here for a minute. Let's talk about one little thing that's going to happen. The, one of the first things that happens when we go up, and that is we'll go to the reward seat of Christ. You know, we, I call it the reward seat of Christ because the Bible calls it the judgment seat of Christ. But that's a mistranslation. The Greek word is the word bima. You know what the word bima means? Reward seat. You know where that comes from? In the Olympics, an Olympian would get up on the podium and would get rewards for what place they were. You got gold, silver, and bronze, right? Have you ever seen an Olympian going, Oh my God, I've got to go to the podium and get a medal. No, they're pretty excited because they, they worked so hard to earn that medal. So they're pretty excited. I, and then you see those big old weightlifters get up there and that flag comes down from their nation. They start crying because they got to represent their nation. Well, at the reward seat of Christ, right after the rapture, we're going to go before Jesus. Fire is going to hit our life and it's going to examine the motive of your heart. It's not going to examine your sin. Sin was laid on Jesus. Let me just say this. It's going to examine your works. Did you obey God to be seen of men or did you obey God because you love the Lord? So your works are either going to be wood, hay, and stubble or gold, silver, and precious stones. You don't want a whole lot of wood, hay, and stubble. I know when David gets there, we're going to see this fire. It's going to go, woof. It's going to, there'll, there'll be a bonfire like, oh my God, stand back. Could you imagine the angels going, everybody cover up, here it comes. No. You don't want to, what is wood, hay, and stubble? That's all above the ground. Wood, hay, and stubble is all what we see. Gold, silver, and precious stones are the hidden things of the heart. Now hang with me. I want you to get this and we're going to go right to Daniel. He wants to bless you so that you adorn yourself with your faithfulness for eternity. Daniel calls it, you'll be clothed with glory and honor. It's the word regal, like I saw your son's uniform. In the Navy, during the day, they wear their khakis. At night, they wear their dress whites. They get fined. 
if they don't wear their dress whites. Well, what's going to happen to you is based on that reward seat, fire's going to hit your life, gold's your devotional life, silver. The Bible says the tongue of the just is choice silver. Your words either encourage or discourage. Everything you've ever done, you thought the Lord didn't see for you. When you went to bless, you opened the door for somebody, helped somebody out, He sees it, so He wants to bless you. Oh, come on. And you know what happens? You're going to adorn yourself in your faithfulness. You'll see the contrasting stitches in your coat. There'll be a stitch here showing you came on Sunday nights. There'll be a stitch here showing you came on Wednesday nights. There'll be a badge here showing you are a soul winner. Just like in the military, I saw the badges your son had. Had some right there. Had some on his arms right there. You will wear your faithfulness. Just like in the military, I've never seen a general go, I was so faithful. Man, when you see those four stars up there, they don't have to say a word. Their uniform preaches for them. So right after the rapture, you go to the reward seat of Christ. He wants to reward you for what you've done during this dispensation. And you know what? You'll see people's robes. You'll go, wow, look at John Wesley. He said, give me ten men that hate sin and love God, and I will change the world. I guarantee you when you see his robes, you're going to go check that out. You won't be jealous. But you know, my dad, he cursed God, mocked God his whole life. On his deathbed, he gave his life to the Lord. Never got to do anything for the Lord. So you don't want to be running around the millennium in a Speedo bathing suit. <laughs> Okay? Aha! Did nothing for the Lord, huh? There you go. No, you want, some, you want some robes on. Come on, amen? So your robes are going to preach for you. And you see it in different denominations. They have the coolest robes because that's something that's coming for the future for you. You'll wear your faithfulness. Okay, you ready for Daniel? Let's look at Daniel. Go to Daniel 9 and we'll close with this. This is so cool. These, we'll get to it, are the coolest verses in the Bible. I, I mean, they just are mind-boggling. But we'll get there. It's, it's in a minute here. But go to Daniel 9, verse 1. Now, this is page 994 if you've got a Bible like mine. So let me go through this first part. It's a little boring. Then we're going to get to the coolest part ever. It'll bless you. Daniel 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, which was the son over whatever that is, with the seed of the Medes, there's no way you can pronounce it, Ahiahurusa, which is made over the king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books... The number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in desolation of Jerusalem. You've heard me preach this many times. God told them to let the land rest every seven years. You'll be so blessed at the end of the sixth, he'll carry you over into the seventh. So don't plant any more in the seventh year, okay? Don't do it. Guess how long they fudged, how long they disobeyed and planted that seventh year? 490 years. So they owed the land back 70 years. So God let them go into captivity. Watch watch how flawless he is. He let them go into captivity to pay the land back. So remember that. Under old covenant rules, it's every jot and every tittle, okay? So they went into captivity for 70 years. God had given them 490. Remember Peter told Jesus, how many times do I forgive somebody? 70 times 7. 490 times. All right, get ready. Here comes the verses that are crazy, crazy cool. Watch Gabriel tell Daniel this, which is amazing. Daniel 9, look at verse 23. Daniel 9, verse 23. At the beginning of thy supplication, this is Gabriel talking to Daniel. At the beginning of your supplication, the commandment came forth, I'm come to show you, you're greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. He goes, okay, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city. That's just another way of saying 70 segments of seven or another 490 years. You guys missed it for 490. God's giving you guys another 490. Okay, who's it for? The Jews and for Jerusalem. It has nothing to do with the church, okay? Now hang with me. So they got another 490 years. Now here comes the crazy cool verses. He talks about what it's for there in verse 24. And then in verse 25, he gets into this cool stuff. Verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment, 
to restore and build Jerusalem to a Messiah, the Prince, will be a certain amount of weeks, and I'm going to add them up for you. So here he just said right there, there's going to be a commandment to rebuild Jerusalem. And when that starts, the clock's going to start because Jesus is going to come after 483 years from that. So King Artaxerxes, he looked at Nehemiah. Nehemiah was all depressed. He goes, what's wrong? Nehemiah goes, Jerusalem's all overthrown. King Artaxerxes goes, don't worry. I'm going to rebuild it. And right now, I make the proclamation. I'm going to rebuild Jerusalem. Gabriel said when that proclamation goes forth, Jesus is coming 483 years later. So when Jesus was on the earth, they said, are you the Messiah? He said, oh, go tell them what you see and what you hear. Even John the Baptist said, go tell them. Is he the one? Because I'm about to get my head cut off. Because this is not looking good for me. Jesus told him, go tell them what you see and what you hear. He wouldn't really admit it. But then there came that day, exactly 483 years later, he came riding into Jerusalem on that donkey and they put the palm branches down. They said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They said, oh man, don't let them cry out like that. You're admitting you're the Messiah. He said, if they didn't do it, the rocks would cry out. Because Gabriel told Daniel Jesus was coming 483 years after that proclamation came forth. Well, how many years did God give them? 490. Jesus came after 483. He owes them seven years of old covenant time. That's the seven-year tribulation. He takes the church off the earth and repays them what He owes them. See, it's not for you. It's for them. So see how flawless He is? Extremely flawless. So during that seven-year period, He's going to intervene for Israel. He's going to show off for Israel. 82% of Russia is going to be wiped off the map. When the Russia comes down on Israel, the Bible says in Ezekiel, that for, for, so that the heathen will know that He is God. It says it over and over and over and over again. So it's a very outward thing. In this dispensation, God says, go teach the Word. I'll confirm the Word with signs following. The moment the church is taken off the church, it's outward. I wham, shabam, just take Russia out. Rat-a-tat-tat with God's baseball bat. See, in, in this dispensation... Germany killed 6 million Jews and prospered because God's not grading anybody. And people love to say it on TV, God's judging America. Well, he did a bad job with Katrina because people lived through that. When God goes to judging, you can't find anybody left. But they want, they want, in this dispensation, they want to make God the judge. He laid it all on Jesus, which is absolutely the most amazing, joyful thing there is. That you mean, he just doesn't count what I've done wrong, wrong. No, he doesn't do it. He sees you perfect. Oh, man, we should shout. We should shout like we've never shouted before in all of our lives. Woo, how blessed are we? So throughout eternity, people will look at the church and go, wait a minute, you, you, you accepted him, couldn't see him, and then you're going to rule over all these natural people forever. You're a ruling class that will be over them for eternity. They'll be in natural bodies and you'll be in glorified bodies. We'll talk about that in the next couple of days. Your future is the coolest thing ever. I mean, there's just it's just razzmatazz all the way. Glory to God. Fun, fun, fun. Daddy won't take the T-bird away. So at this rapture, this is where we're caught up. And the sons of the prophets knew the day that Elijah was going to go up. If you could know the day that they're going to go up, how much more should we have revelation now? If demons knew that Jesus was on a schedule and he was early, if they knew he was early, how much more the church should know he's on a schedule? And the flawlessness of this... Now, I'm going to say something I don't normally say. I'm stopping right now. 7.59. Wow, I preached a long time. Okay. The whole crux is, you ready for some math? Get some math in your brain and we're stopping right now. This is really important. I might even sit down to tell you this. This is so important, I need to sit. Okay. Everything hinges on what was the year Jesus went to the cross. Because if He went on 30 A.D., 
He told the Jews, after two days, I'm coming back for you after 2,000 years. Okay? So if he went to the cross on 30 A.D., that means you've got to go to 2030 because that's 2,000 years to that. It's 2030. Take away seven years and you're at 2023. If he went to the cross on 30 A.D., that means he's got, we've got to be raptured this year. If he went on 31, 32, or 33, you can do the math this next few years. Most scholars say it was 32 A.D. I always thought it was 30 A.D., but I was wrong. After I've read up on all these guys, they show you when all the different, the patriarch of this and the hierarch of this and the mariarch of this and all the things that lie, Herod was alive. When you get into all the math, so that would be uh, 32 A.D., so that means that we would be raptured in 25. Because he said, after two days, I'm coming back. He told the Jews that. He didn't tell the church, he didn't tell the church that. He told the Jews. I'll come back. The, the good Samaritan, he said, I'm going to put him up. I'll come back for him after two days. Lazarus, he went to pray for him after two days. <laughs> he told Herod, you tell that fox I do cures today and tomorrow, third day I'll be fulfilled. And see, people don't like that. People, I can feel it right now. Well, then you're telling us almost the year he's coming. No, I'm not telling you the year he's coming. I'm telling you how close it is. Yeah. I don't know if it's this year, next year, next year, next year. But let me just tell you, flawlessly has to be in the next few years. Yeah. That's, uh, this is how exact he's so precise with this stuff there's no, there's no wiggle room with this it's not like the Lord goes I changed my mind <laughs> mm. 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 Hosea his going forth is prepared as the morning he will come unto us as the rain he's going, how, how prepared is the morning you know the exact time the sun's going to come up tomorrow so let's worship him for a minute and we'll go home Lord we love you we magnify you. We, we were about to see you. So we know we don't have a lot of time left. Help us put as much into the next few years as we possibly can. Help us do your bidding, Lord. We take this moment before we dismiss to consecrate and dedicate to do your will. Lord, things you've told us to do over the years, we, we rededicate and we reconsecrate to finish our course. Lord, we bless you tonight. We honor you. We're, we're so blessed that you died for us. Lord, I, I pray for every person in this room that there'd be such a radical joy, Lord, that it would give them so much strength. Their strength would be tied to their joy and it would cause them to propel and to be accelerated in doing your will. Lord, reveal things to them. Unveil things to them about your plan that would make it solid as concrete that they're about to see you. And what great joy we walk around our houses singing and praising and glorifying God. Singing and praising and glorifying God. We thank you for it. We give you glory and honor and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I want to thank you and I want to hear them do this song. Thank you for taking the time to come tonight. I'm checking while they're doing this if I have some words of knowledge. But taking the time to come on Sunday night, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. We're about to see the king. You'll be so glad you did. It'll be cool to see that little stitch on your sleeve. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Pastor Jim's robe's going to look like. Probably have all these, probably have a big stick, like a staff or something. You know, I'll have this little bitty mini sword. The mini pastor has this big stick. I want a big stick. Come on. Amen. Thank you for coming. David, obey God. I was just thinking while you were saying that. It seems like my mic is a lot hotter than the piano. If you can help me, Michael, I don't know if you need to go back there. Let there be glory and honor and praises. You know this? Glory and honor.
honor to Jesus. Glory and honor. Glory and honor to Him. And I still could use more piano up here for me. Let there be glory and honor and praises glory and honor to Jesus glory and honor glory and honor can I get you to stand to your feet? Let's do it one more time. Let there be glory and honor and praises. Glory and honor to Jesus. Glory and honor. we lift up our heads one more time and we thank you we thank you that we're not in the darkness we're children of the light we heard the truth tonight and it's truth that makes free and we magnify you we look forward to seeing you face to face even right now we live by faith but then face to face so we do give you thanks in Jesus name Everybody just shout amen. amen. Pastor, can I hand this back to you? Well, if, if, if tonight was good, can you imagine what tomorrow night's going to be? Wow. Tomorrow night, 6.30, come get a good seat. Amen? Don't let anything distract you. Be here. Turn and greet someone around you and say, I'm going to keep my word and I'll see you tomorrow.